Back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back on the ticket, on the block, and we have joining us on the Honda Lincoln Hotline, my guy, your guy, oh early my break, <laughs> yeah. Steve Simple joining us from on three and on uh, the early break. What's up, Sip? <laughs> How are you guys doing this afternoon? Sounds pretty good. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. We got, we got my guy back in the studio, That's so right. it's always a pleasure to have my partner with me, and so it's good to have you joining us as always. A lot of stuff happening in sports. Uh, but we definitely want to talk a little Husker football with you because you are one of the guys we like to touch. The experts, Sip. The expert. Sip. So tell us this, yeah. man. Offensive line is atrocious. And I don't even know if that's a word. Atrocious. Horrendous and terrible all together, right? Um, what is the Huskers going to have to do to even salvage – a potential bowl game or season because the schedule doesn't get easier from this point. They had that stretch right there that they needed to take advantage of in order to make it happen. But at this point with the offensive line and defensive line still in shambles, where do they go from here? Well, they're good enough. You know, I I mean, now you're asking me for reasons why I think they might be able to win two or three more games. Um, there's a lot of reasons why I don't think it, but there are some reasons why I do. I mean, I, I mean, they, they, I would start the conversation by saying they scored 37 points at Purdue. I mean, they scored if they score 37 against Illinois, which I don't expect, they'll win the game. Um, they scored 37 points in that game. I mean, that, that, that that'll get you a win a lot of times. I mean, I do. I know that fans do this in every market. They tend to fixate on the deficiencies. If I were counseling a Nebraska fan, I would say, yeah, you can do that. And I, I think it's informative. But I would also say, think, put yourself in the shoes of Ryan Walters, the Illinois defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Or put yourself in the shoes of an Illinois fan who was watching Nebraska against Purdue. I mean, Nebraska was in great position to derail Purdue's season. Nebraska could derail Illinois pretty fast, their season, and they're capable of it. I mean, they showed against Purdue on the road. Um, Let's put it this way. Nebraska played Purdue uh, tougher than Minnesota did. So I don't dismiss them. They're they're kind of scary. They're weird. They're an odd team. I mean, and they're going to have to win in a way that's not sustainable. But it doesn't mean they can't get a couple wins out of scrapping. I keep saying it, guys. They just have to scrap, scrap, scrap. And then you know what has to happen. Casey has to hit some deep balls. You know, and that might that's probably to Palmer, but it could be to Oliver Martin or it could be to Marcus Washington. It could pop Bokelec free. And maybe maybe there's a wild card out there. Maybe Ramir Johnson gets it more involved going down the stretch. So there's ways. I mean, there are ways. They're not this team is interesting. Um, I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't rule out two or three more wins. I just wouldn't. Steve Sipple, Husker Online on three. Sip, me and Strick were talking about this earlier. When you look at the transfer portal as a whole, we kept talking about the defensive line. Maybe they were revamped, reloaded, whatever you want to say. Now it looks like Casey Thompson, Anthony Grant, Trey Palmer, they're the home run hitters, but the uh, the defensive line, I mean, you get gashed by a Purdue team that doesn't have a very strong running game. How are you evaluating the transfer portal now kind of halfway through the season because you look at some of these home run hitters and then you look at some of these guys that haven't panned out and now say what you will, but Nebraska's kind of in the same spot they were last year now sitting at three and four. Yeah, I mean, the portal – I mean, it was obviously critical to Nebraska. Right. You got Palmer. You wouldn't have had Palmer. You wouldn't have had Marcus Washington. Anthony Grant didn't really come out of the portal. He's a junior college guy. Right, um, right. It probably, you know, O'Shawn has his impact has been minimal, but but Stephon Wynn and Drew have been acceptable. I mean, I right. think they played well at times. Um, so yeah, I mean it's—I don't know how it's going to work going forward. This is the, the discussion is going to change dramatically because there's going to be, you know, I, I don't know what the coaching change is going to look like. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a change, mm-hmm. and who knows how? I don't know what I don't know what December is going to look like. I can't say right now, but I know this: they, they had to get those guys that they got, right. um, particularly Palmer mm-hmm. and Casey. I mean, right. I'd start there, and I, I would have said, oh, Sean Mathis, he's just not having the kind of impact we thought. But, man, it, I, I don't see anything wrong with it either. I don't – if that's if that's what it takes, then if that's what it takes to supplement your roster, that's okay. It's happening mm-hmm. all over the country. The best teams do it too. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to – you don't want to – you know, there's a fine line. We talk about it all the time in right. the market. There's a fine line. You don't want to be overly reliant on it, mm-hmm. but you can go get good players where you in places you need. They just didn't get them on the offensive line. They didn't get right. high-profile offensive linemen. Um, they tried. There was a there was an all Big Twelve. There was an all Pac twelve guard at ASU that I think Donovan thought he could get, and it didn't pan out. Um, and they just. Now, listen, it's going to be hard to get high-profile linemen in the portal. Yeah, we talked about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whenever there's one, there's going to be a lot of people on them. And you know how it goes nowadays. A lot of those guys go into the portal already knowing where they're going to go. Mm -hmm. So it's it's tricky. It's a tricky – that is a tricky world out there. you got to try to be on guys. you got to anticipate guys who might be leaving and be on them before their name ever appears in the portal, a lot of them. Sip, one last question for you, man. One of the things we talked about in here was the maybe trying to up the regional recruitment, uh, finding guys that are because, – because you can have guys that are really good – because they have tangibles. They're really good with footwork. They're really good with their hands. They're really good um, with their IQ. They just happen to fall through the cracks. So they find their way in a, in a top Division II program. They find their way at a Montana State or, or at, a, at a North Dakota State. You know what I mean? And these guys are just as good, but, but they've been missed for some reason. Is it, is it a way to, 
to really step up your regional recruitment or or targeting or finding those guys that have fallen through the cracks and maybe try to bring them in and, 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 and work them into your program? Or yeah. you look at a Cam Jurgens type of situation where you look internally and you look down the line and you find a good tight end with some great footwork, great size. You find somebody that you can bulk up. Obviously, it can't happen this season, but you maybe can find some of that, something like that. What, what's your thought about that? Yeah, I think it just falls under the category of you got to turn over as many stones as you can. And good recruit, you just got to get a bunch of good recruiters. Good recruiters have a knack for finding those type of players. Um, it happens at certain places in the country. Wisconsin and Iowa come to mind. They, Hey, Iowa does that all the time, Eric. They get guys that aren't highly recruited right. that end up, that end up to be really good players. It, it, it's happened really. Oh, I mean, it happened up front, like Carl Kluge going back a few years, wasn't highly recruited. Mike Daniels, I don't think was really highly recruited. Um, those type of guys. And then you could go probably have the same conversation about Wisconsin's offensive line. Yeah. It's just, that just falls into the category of good recruiting. And of course it can happen here. It's just, but you know what? Again, these con these con with football, it seems like all conversations are kind of complex because there's so many variances and nuances in that conversation. I think you you're you're, you're not gonna it's gonna be hard to get your skill talent out of the, the region. I think you're gonna have to go get a lot of the skill talent elsewhere. Yeah, of course. I think, yeah, I think we're mainly talking about. Line play, yeah. Um, maybe front seven on defense to a certain degree, um, but I think we're mainly talking about linemen here. Um, and yeah, you can do that. You, you got to go uncover some guys. But you know, hey, Eric, Nate Gary's a good example of a guy that came from the, South Dakota, um, very athletic, fast, super fast. So, yeah, you do got to get those guys. Mm-hmm. Sid, before we let you go. Can you just talk about a little bit what's going to be going on through this bye week? Because we look at the last bye week Nebraska had. They were sitting at 1-3. and three. It came at kind of a perfect time. They turned around a little bit sitting at 3-3. Three and three. Now maybe is it one of those situations that it comes at a perfect time again? I just What's your focus heading now into this bye week? My personal focus is rest. Um, but I, I, don't, right. I don't think that could be their focus. I, they're in it. I mean, they're – I hope I – hope. Their focus is, you know, if Nebraska were to beat Illinois, it's right in it. Right. It's their business. And that's what I hope. I, and I think that's Mickey's MO. I, I, don't, I don't profess to know Mickey all that well, um, but it, yeah, that's, the way, that's the vibe I get from him. They're, they're, it's all business, I hope. And I, I think that there's got to be some rest. There's obviously some critical injuries or some – there's some – out and out injuries like oh, yeah. Reimer Enrich that they Absolutely. gotta see if they can tend to. And then there's guys that look a little tired to me right now that probably just need some rest. So there's a fine line there. Um, and then there's also oh they're limited in how much they can practice because they played week zero. They're gonna have to cut at least a day or two off what they normally would do. So there's a lot of factors that Mickey's got away. Um I think the answer to your question, though, is I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If I were in charge, I wouldn't. 
have those players away from the facility very often. I think you got to keep them. I think you got to keep them engaged because there's a lot to play for right now, and they're they're good enough to win some games. Yeah. And they're they seem together like it's a team that seems very very that has a lot of fight in it. And I I just keep fostering that. Yeah, it's it's so interesting too when you look at the last bye week to this one. Nebraska football is kind of in a completely different spot, at least the way that I look at it. Is that now that's there's optimism, there's hope. Sip, if people want to get more great content from you, want to know what's going on throughout the bye week, how can they do so? Huskeronline.com. Um, there'll be a, there'll be quite a bit uh, from Rob and Washington, Sean Callahan. Um, the tunnel talk feature is really good because it's inside information. Up to date the chat. If you if you ever just want to rip through the live chat we have, there's a lot in there. I mean, Sean and Robin know. Oh, yeah. I mean, they just know a lot. Um, so, yeah, I'd go to I would go to HuskerOnline.com. Sip, we appreciate you as always. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thank you guys. Good conversation. All right, appreciate you as always. There he goes, Steve Sipple on three. Husker Online always gives us the insight that we need. And like I said, it's it's very interesting to look at where Nebraska was the last bye week streak and where they are at now because they were sitting at one and three. It seemed like all had fallen apart. Just fire your head coach, and now, like Sip said, they're in the thick of it. So they, they they're are, right there. They're I mean, they still got they they listen. They can still make some noise, and and there's no better noise that you can make than beating a. <laughs> a ranked, ranked opponent that's coming team. right into your home. And so there's nothing better that you can do to do that than than to go out and perform yes. on the big stage. And that's, and that's, Nebraska's in a prime position to do that, so maybe the bye week came at another perfect time. Again, we'll, we'll, we'll keep talking all throughout the week as we go head into the game against Illinois. But Nebraska, basketball starting up tomorrow, too. So a lot still to talk about. Don't worry. We still got everything that you need to know right here on the block. And we're going to have a little crossover. Jay Foreman, DP, there in the building. We're going to have some fun. So stick with us right here on the block. 93.7 The Ticket.